0: hey there i'm dr jerry crete and welcome to be with the word this is episode 74 and it's the seventh sunday of easter but it also happens to be the ascension the feast of the ascension so we've kind of got two sets of readings and i imagine they're going to be reading the ascension readings on sunday but i went ahead and read both and i'm going to pick a few things from both because i just think they're super interesting and powerful Um, I'm starting a a new little mini-series on be with the Word, and I'm calling it From uh, Ascension to Assumption, Getting to Know Yourself. And so I'm going to be looking at different aspects of personality, and maybe some popular personality tests and possible and personality approaches. Uh, I'm very familiar with uh, Myers-Briggs, The Temperaments, um, but there are a few others out there. There's the Enneagram, there's um, you know, the colors, there's all, there's different kinds of personality tests. And so a few of them, I'm going to be very natural with and and talk, um, pretty, uh, fluidly with a few others. I may have to do a little bit of research, but the whole point of this, and the reason I want to do this is because I think we need to know ourselves and we need to get to know St. Teresa says that self-knowledge is key. Self-knowledge and then humility. And so I really believe that those two things are so important. We have to know ourselves. And what I think is beautiful about the, the ascension, of course, um, just like the transfiguration, we see Christ's divine nature, right? And then in the assumption, we see Our Lady is taken into heaven. And so she is given that divine, uh, she's not given a divine nature because she's not... She she's, doesn't have the nature of God, but she's given her, her um, the fact that she was in his image, created in his image and sanctified fully by him means that she's what we have to look forward to as far as the fullness of her humanity being inspired by God, thoroughly by God, in a sense. And so um, what we really want to do is get to know who we really are, right? And if, if we can be fully ourselves and we grow in holiness... Um, and and our natural, our human nature is perfected, understood and perfected. Wow, we can do great things. So that's my take. So today, I kind of want to focus a little bit on um, the topic of introversion versus extroversion. And I have a lot to say on that. But I'm going to mention a few things in the scriptures just so we can uh, make those connections as well. Um, certainly in the regular reading for this week, um, the, not the Ascension reading, but the Seventh Sunday regular reading, there's a lot of talk of, again, God loving us. Um, if we love one another, God remains in us. Very similar to last week. Um, and that, But the qualification here is now not doing the commandments, which is what it said last week, to remain in him. Here it is to love one another. So we really have to love each other to remain in God. And this is interesting because often we think of introverts. So people who are introverted as being kind of like off to themselves, right? And, and the reality is introverts by and large do value their private and alone time, but most introverts don't actually despise other humans, right? Even a hermit, is, is is making a sacrifice by becoming a hermit, right? Or somebody who's like a, a Carthusian monk or something is making a sacrifice to be living in such isolation, right? Because our very nature is to be connected with others. And so I wanna say this for introverts because I'm actually an introvert. And uh, I um, think us introverts are sometimes uh, misunderstood. Uh, and, and so on here's my definition. An introvert is a person who enjoys being with other people, but has their energy depleted during their interactions with others. So as a therapist, I love working with people. And, but if I have eight hours in a row of working with people, my energy level by the end of that is completely depleted. So I have no more energy left to socialize or to engage with another person. My, my energy tank is, on, is at a bottom. And so I need to um, go home and just uh, chill out by myself, have prayer time, go on a walk on my own, do something by myself. What's interesting is the opposite is true of extroverts. Um, Extroverts get more energy as they interact with people. So this is where you have the extrovert is able to work all day, go to a party. And then at the end of the party, get so much energy, so much excitement, they want to go to the next party. Whereas the introvert didn't even want to go to the party at the beginning because they were tired from work. So we see those energy levels are different. Now I do want to put a little caveat there that everyone has energy levels that go up and down. So even extroverts can get tired of people and introverts can get energized by people. Okay. So I'm making it sound like the rule is so steadfast. It's like a general rule. It's our general tendency, but there are all kinds of exceptions uh, in given situations right? But, and, and the way I look at it, and I'm coming at it this from a very Myers-Briggs kind of a perspective on introversion and extroversion, but also different people are on the, on a pole. So if you, uh, if you could be what I would call an extreme extrovert or an extreme introvert means you're very far from the center and the center, there are people who are kind of in the middle or very close to the middle. They might be a little more ext- introverted, but they're in the center those people can sometimes act and feel like extroverts more often, and the, certainly the extremes, like the extreme introvert almost never gets energized by being around a lot of people. Well, it might happen a little, um, and if it happens, it's going to be with just one or two people. It's not likely It's not likely because they've gone into a big group or a crowd or anything. Okay, so I hope that explains just a little bit, or gives it gives you a little touch little helpful information about introversion and extroversion. Because I, I've seen this all the time with couples. You have a couple and a husband and wife, let's say, and let's say they both work. Well, if the husband is an introvert and the wife is a extrovert, and they have a similar type job in separate offices or whatever, so throughout the day, that the husband is becoming depleted of energy, and the wife might be increasing in energy. Oh, and worse yet is if her job has... Fewer inter- human interactions. Let's make it even worse. Let's say she's a, works from home. So he's been around people all day at the office. She's been kind of at home, maybe working on the computer, this and that. Maybe, maybe some kids. Or I don't know. But but she's had very little adult interaction, and he's had a lot. They get together. You know, it's like six o'clock. They're sitting down. He just wants to hide away. He just wants to be anywhere. Um, He might love her and think she's great, but he has almost no energy for her. And she's looking at him wondering, does he not love me? Does he not want to be around me? Why is he so distant? Why is he, um, he seems so uh, apathetic or lack of energy, whatever. And so she's frustrated and so is he in a way. So if she tries to push him into doing something with her and he's very sluggish, she's like, what's going on? Um, but the trick, I think, for those situations is to just, first of all, recognize this is not personal. This is not personal. Uh, he, it's not like he doesn't love her or whatnot. And what he might need is a little period of time. It might only be 20, to 30 minutes, maybe an hour, but of just alone time. Right, And I suggest it not be doing an activity that's unhealthy, like maybe it's going, a healthy activity, like going for a walk, sitting and reading, having a holy hour, like doing something that's just quiet and alone and recharging. And then he can re-engage with her and he will seem like a different person, all right? So that, that's introversion extroversion. If you have two introverts that live together, they tend to be more peas in a pod. They get it. They give each other their space and time and they come back together and they're good. And two extroverts are just wild and crazy party people. <laughs> I'm just a little bit exaggerating. And I think over time too, um, we all start to recognize our need for some alone time. We all need our, our recharging time. All right. Okay. So that's a little on introversion extroversion. I want to connect with the Ascension readings a little bit because I mentioned those. Um, and in that one, I thought there were some really powerful things. He says, "May God, uh, Saint Paul, may God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, resulting in knowledge of Him." So I think that's really interesting, especially for for um, for all of us, really. But a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and I think that this relates to understanding our true selves. So regardless of what personality, you know, whether you're an INFJ or an ESTP, or you're choleric, or you're melancholic, or you're blue or you're yellow, or you're a nine or you're a four, on all these different systems, regardless of that, um, you, you have a core self created in his image. And one of the qualities of that core self I believe is wisdom, which is a little bit different than just intelligence, right? Intelligence is knowing things. Wisdom is has an aspect of discernment, has has an aspect of um, uh, deeper understanding, right, of a situation in order to make a decision that 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 is virtuous and fair and uh, insightful. So. A spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is an interesting word, which I guess we could unpack, but resulting in knowledge of Him. So in knowing our self, right? In knowing our in gaining wisdom and knowledge, sorry, wisdom and revelation, we gain knowledge of God. I think that's pretty fascinating. I think that's pretty powerful. Um, and then he goes on to say, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened. So it souls and hearts. Whenever we hear the word heart, we kind of light up and perk up and, and pay attention. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened. And I think this is a fascinating thing. Uh, my background, um, part of my background is I attend a, a Byzantine Catholic church. And, 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 and in the Greek, we have the word nous, N-O-U-S, nous. And it's a very hard word sometimes to define. It sometimes gets defined as the heart or, or the mind. It's a tricky word. But, but the, the best definition I've encountered would be it's the faculty of the soul by which a human, by us humans, can connect with God. And I think the eyes of your heart... Is that it's that fact the eye of the heart is able to connect with God and is therefore able to connect more fully with who we truly are, created in His image, but also uniquely human. So, um, He says, May it be enlightened, right? And so, this happens by unity with God, by love. If we connect it to the other readings, it, 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 if it's loving, we're loving one another, we're following His commandments. We are. We remain in God, and therefore our hearts will be enlightened. Sounds really great. Then Ephesians says, live in a manner worthy. And he says, um, this is Paul again. By the way, there's two readings, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 4, and they're listed in the lectionary as or. So if you're in on Sunday, you'll probably hear one or the other. Um, but probably not both, but I'm bringing in both. Um, It mentions, St. Paul mentions these qualities, humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love. Okay. If I ever heard a motto for um, a good marriage, that would be it. Humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love. Motto for marriage. And because look at those qualities, humility. Again, humility is one of those great virtues that is about um, who we really are. So to be humble is an accurate understanding of our, our worth. It, and to, If we lack humility, then we may either be prideful and think we're better than we are, right? Or aspiring to be God or something. Uh, or think we're better than other people. If we have, we, if we lack humility, we may also be where we think we're less than our accurate, um, value, which a lot of people have. A lot of people think they're worthless. Deep down in their hearts, they think they're worthless. I see that all the time with clients. It's heartbreaking. And so having humility isn't thinking you're worthless. Having humility is knowing exactly your worth. And so knowing exactly your worth is, is an interesting thing that is a bit of a a bit of a paradox, and the best parts of our faith are paradoxical. And that means we are greater than the angels. We are created in his image. We are divinely inspired. So there's something div- uniquely divine and special about us. That's how amazing we are as his creation. But that is also has to be held in tension with the fact that we are fallen and that we have concupiscence and that we have a tendency to sin and that, you know, we hurt each other. So that's a very, that's a interesting paradox where we can be both uh, at the same time. And so what we're wanting to do is Christ is showing us the way to break out of the bondage of that sin, right? Of that concupiscence in order to be freed from it. But as human beings, until... We are, um, we are fully glorified, so we are fully taken into his presence, we are um, we're going to be struggling with that all the time. Right? So we can't pretend we're perfect when we're not, uh, and we can't ignore the fact that we have a sinful nature. It's just part of who we are. But we can't let that be so the full picture and ignore our true nature. All right. Um, I thought it was interesting um, that uh, we have also in Mark 16, the signs, things like drive out demons, speak new languages, pick up servants, not be harmed by poison drink, heal the sick. So those are interesting because if those are evidence for being a Christian, then uh, I don't hit all of those. (laughs) Um, But then again... Um, there's probably been a lot of ink spilled on those because I think there are some Christians that handle snakes and see that as part of, um, what they're supposed to do. But I think there's deeper metaphorical meaning behind those things, right? Um, so if I was gonna venture a little guess, uh, for just myself, I'm only going to speak for myself here. I think driving out demons sure can be something a true exorcist does. But I think in a very metaphorical way, we have lots of demons that are um, like those negative thoughts that we say about ourselves, like, I'm worthless, right? That, that uh, which is a sin against humility. I'm worthless. Or I'm better than everyone would be the opposite sin. And either one of those demons, if, if even if I helped you today to identify that so-called demon and, and expel it, then I helped drive out a demon today. <laughs> Um, and then pick up serpents might refer to difficult people, right? People who will bite you, people who are challenging. And there's a lot of them. And sometimes picking up serpents means loving, encountering, reaching, holding people that are difficult. Um, and healing the sick. I mean, that happens in lots of different ways. Um, I hope that as a clinician that I'm helping to heal mental illness um, and other things. So... You know, uh, this there's a lot of ways in which we can express who we are, not just our human nature, but also that divine, uh, in, divine aspect of, of ourselves that is created in His image. All right, guys, men, women, thank you for listening. Uh, I got a few people reaching out to me asking about Catholic journeymen. So I'll anyone that does, I'll add you to that list. I'll be sending out invites uh, I believe at the end of May, early June. So be on the lookout for that. If you're interested, it's an online community. Uh, we're trying to create a brotherhood of, of, uh, Catholic men to support, uh, support us in different areas. The areas that I've kind of identified are, um, you know, relationship, a prayer, meditation, overcoming anxiety, depression, um, Oh, what else? Oh, handling, you know, media, our world, career, stuff like that. So we're really trying to hit on different aspects of what it means to be a, a man and how as a Catholic group, we could support each other. And, uh, and there'll be some like web meetings and different ways to interact as well, uh, as well as in the community itself. So, um, I'm hoping, uh, you might be, if you're interested, uh, find out more and I'll be sending out more information, uh, soon. But also, um, Dr. Peter's uh, Resilient Catholic Group is also opening up. So uh, again, in, I believe it right at the beginning of June, uh, which is a group for men and women, and it's uh, focused on resilience. And if you've been listening to Dr. Peter, you probably heard about it. But again, powerful stuff. So souls and hearts, we are trying to provide all kinds of um, all kinds of options. Uh, for you to grow in your faith and grow in your human formation uh, because grace builds on nature, St. Thomas says. All right, we'll see you next time. And until then, be still, believe, and be loved. Take good care.